0: This is Channel 253. In this episode of Nerd Farmer.
1: Easy to read is not at all an insult. It's, it's hard to write easy to read books, um, but my brain just can't cope with any flowery, be- even beautiful language that I would normally love. I just, I can't cope with it right
0: now. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the Nerd Farmer Podcast, a national conversation through a local lens. Welcome to the Nerd Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, an American teacher abroad. It's back to school time. And I was doing some kind of thinking over my educational experience. This is gonna be a long story, but like stick with me. Uh, when I was an, an undergrad at Evergreen, one of the books that I read that changed my life, it's dated now. Like I imagine if I picked it up now, I would poke holes in it. Uh, but No Logo by Naomi Klein really, really meant a lot to me and helped kind of inform my worldview as far as a person who's an activist, but also like has a sense of informed consumerism. I thought about that book when I arrived here in the Gulf, and one of the things that I tried to do was I tried to de-Amazon my life. Amazon's a necessary evil for a lot of people. Uh, in particular for me, if I'm over here in UAE and I wanna get something to my mother or to family, uh, I'm oftentimes like forced to use it, but like I wanna use it as little as possible. And one of the unnecessary Amazon connections that I had was with Audible. Uh, you are not dumb. Like people who listen to podcasts tend to listen to audiobooks, and people who listen to audiobooks tend to listen to podcasts. And so like i have been with Audible for years. And it's funny, actually, I think I got an Audible based off like a slate culture slate culture gab fest subscription offer with a super promo code back in the day, but that's a different conversation. Uh into my life, though, walked a Twitter thread from friend of the show, Kenny Koble. And Kenny talked about Libro FM, which is a program I hadn't heard of. Um, I took the plunge and it's been, what, a year now? And I really, really like it. And so I reached out to the folks from Libro and I wanted them to come on and talk about the service and also to talk about some books. So today we have on Claire Hanscom, and Claire works for Libro and she is going to help me help you talk about back to school and fall reading. So Claire, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Claire, what is your title at Libro and what does your job look like day to day?
1: You know, I don't actually have a title. It's a pretty um, fluid company and we all pitch in to help with whatever. So I am a general book champion, audiobook champion. Uh, I help a lot with marketing and with writing blog posts, but I pitch in wherever's needed.
0: I just want to pause and say that your job title is book champion, and I'm incredibly jealous. Like that is, that's way better than like, well, it's not as good as Nerd Farmer, but it's up there. It's, it's a great title.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I write blog posts for them and I help update the website and I make playlists on the website. We have playlists, which are basically lists of different audiobooks. If you like this audiobook, you'll probably like that audiobook. So I make a lot of those. And yeah, we spend a lot of time trying to think of ways to get the word about audiobooks out to people. So that's my job.
0: So going back to the conversation about no logo, I remember like when I was having my consumer like power epiphany when I was you know like 22 and enlightened <laughs> about no logo. I went to my family and like I was like passionate about not shopping at, at Walmart because of their labor practices. And then like I essentially started shopping at Target instead. And my parents were like six and one half, half a dozen in the other. I feel like I'm not in that situation this time around, and so can you just kind of walk me through why is Libro FM different than than uh, Amazon's Audible?
1: So Libro FM is completely different in that we have almost exactly the same books, uh, for the same price, but instead of supporting Amazon or any other big company, you'll be supporting an independent bookstore of your choice. I work in an independent bookstore, which is how I knew about Libre.fm. I've known about them for a long time since before working for them, because we love, uh, we love them. (laughs) Basically they're a way for bookstores to sell audio books. So you're not just supporting a company Libre.fm when you buy Buy an audiobook from us, you're supporting the local bookstore of your choice. So it's not even some random algorithm that's gonna allocate you to a bookstore. It's you, you're in control. And then when you are when you want to contact us for whatever reason, we are real people behind the account. We can help you out with book recommendations, help you out with any audiobook-related issues that you have. Um we're we're human, we're the opposite of Amazon and Audible in that we are human people who passionately care about books. And about seeing independent bookstores thrive.
0: Yeah. When I signed up, uh, I now, the proceeds from my audiobooks go to King's Books. And so longtime listeners to the show know that I have nothing but love for Sweet P. Kenny and the crew at King's Books. And so when I buy an audiobook, that's benefiting King's Books instead of benefiting Jeff Bezos, who could die in a fire as far as I'm concerned. So there it is. All right, let's get down to business. I I have you on the day to talk about books. And so I just want to pick your brain for my help, for my benefit and the audience's benefit about books. Um, We're looking for back to school and kind of fall reads. I have a couple of my own, but just off the top of your head, like what's a memoir right now that speaks to you?
1: So this memoir has been around a couple of years and it's quite possible some of your listeners have heard it already, but Michelle Obama's Becoming is incredible. Uh, And I think one of the great things about audiobooks is that you can often hear the author tell their own story in their actual voice, which Mm. is definitely unique. When I'm reading words on a page, I'm hearing it in my accent, which, as you can hear doesn't sound like Michelle Obama. Um, and so it's wonderful to have her voice in my ear. And the great thing about that book too, is that she talks about her life and the way that she's inspired other people and the people who've inspired her and made her who she is. But it's not a particularly political book. If you are, if you don't agree with her politics, you're still going to find a lot of interesting stuff there. Um, so that's one book, but that's obviously been around for a couple of years. So some other newer picks, uh, Megan Rapino, soccer star has a memoir coming out this November. Um, and she talks a lot about her uh, social justice and her community engagement in that. Uh, but also obviously about her life and soccer and things like that. So that's a book we're really
0: excited about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no sorry I, I didn't know that book was coming out like just cuz you may not know like Rapino plays for the for the for the team in my city in Tacoma and she's a past show guest know. so like I, I I perked up a bunch there sorry no, you looked very excited. I, I obviously hear the right note.
1: Yeah, that book is actually on what we call our TBLT list, which is our to be listened to. Uh, we just brought out our full suggestions for, um, for listening to audiobooks. And that's one of the main ones that we're highlighting because we know you're probably not the only person who's going to perk up when, when we mention that book. Um, so yeah. And then another audiobook we're excited about that comes out in November as well is Dolly Parton Song Teller. So hmm. that's a memoir of Dolly Parton, um, in her own voice. And not only is it her story, but there's gonna be some songs or some clips from songs kind of interspersed with her story. So it's a completely um original production to audiobooks it really showcases all the best that audiobooks have I think sometimes people think oh it's just the book in audio form Um, just in inverted commas because books are amazing so even if it was that that's fine but sometimes there are audiobooks that really bring a book to life in a way that books on the page really can't and so Dolly Parton's Songteller is going to be a great example of that so yeah we're excited about that one and excited maybe it's the gateway drug for some people to get into audiobooks.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's particular with memoirs. It's just awesome to hear somebody tell their own story in their own yeah. voice. So, like, I remember, I think the first audiobook I picked up that was a memoir was uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' uh, The Beautiful Struggle, which was mm-hmm. his story about, like, growing up. And I i had read the book originally and then listened to it afterwards. And what I loved about the text was the the idea that, like— Coates is, like, two years older than I am, and, like, Baltimore is way rougher than Tacoma is. But, like, as far as, like, black nerdery and then militant black fathers trying to drive discipline into you and, like, school – like, so much of that book resonated with me, and just hearing an authentic voice. uh, I I love listening to memoirs. Another one I recommend – actually, the next episode of this show is going to be our Nerd Farm Reads Book Club. And so if you're listening to this and you still have not read Know My Name – this is your opportunity, like cop that book and give it a listen, uh, it, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal story about Chanel Miller standing up for herself and fighting against so much abuse from the system, so much, just like the, Hallie Koenig is gonna be on the show and uh, Hallie is somebody like, she, she summarizes the book really well. She said that there's been no text that's ever communicated how terrifying it is to be in a woman's body and not feel protected around men. And so if you haven't picked that book up yet, uh, please, please, please do. All right. So the next category, given the elections coming up, uh, do you have any recommendations in like politics and national election stuff? Anything good coming on the pike?
1: So I'm actually going to recommend a bit of a classic for this one. A classic in the sense that it's been around for a long time, but I'm not sure how many people have read it, but it's called Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman and it's about politics in the age of show business and if you're ever kind of frustrated by the way that politics is covered in this country um it's a great one to read because it kind of highlights how we got to this moment where politics is covered kind of like sport um, and not like the serious thing it ought to be covered by uh, I'm a big West Wing fan and Bradley Whitford who played Josh Lyman on the West Wing is always talking about this book which is how I knew about it. So that's um, that's a classic to pick up I think uh, and I went back and checked obviously that it's available as an audiobook because sometimes older books aren't necessarily available but this one definitely is. So yeah, that's a good one to pick up. And then for something a bit more recent The Firsts by Jennifer Steinhauer. Um, the Firsts is about um, this current congress that we have and how there are a lot of people who are basically groundbreakers so we've got the first two native american congress people the first two muslim women people like that um obviously the trailblazing um crew like aoc and her gang um actually i probably shouldn't say gang aoc and her (laughs) friends um so and it chronicles their their campaign and how they settled in to becoming to the actual work of governing which is kind of very different from campaigning So that's another really interesting ones to read. I try to think of some books that are not necessarily books by the candidates or books by current or former uh, politicians in the sense of those memoirs that everyone writes when they run for president. Um, Obviously, there are tons of them. Kamala Harris's book is a must probably for most of us. Um, But yeah, it's good to read as well. If you're interested in politics, I think it's very easy to be in our own little bubble and it's nice to read stuff that goes a bit beyond our our own biases and think more widely about the system.
0: I'll throw in one more recommendation. Uh, Tim Alberta is a writer for The Bulwark, and he wrote a book called American Carnage. And American Carnage is basically the story of how America got to where it is with Donald Trump and how President Trump, how his rhetoric and how his positionality on issues is far more dangerous than a lot of folks realize. Essentially, uh, Tim Alberta is a never-Trump conservative, so like your classic kind of like country club David Brooks Republican. Uh, And one of the points that he brings up is basically that like in American politics today, there's no way that somebody as radical as Donald Trump could get elected in the Democratic Party. He's particularly a creature of the Republican Party, and like Trumpism is a creature of the Republican Party. And one of the points that he made that's been really I'm still processing how I want to deal with it. I think a lot of people who share my politics, a lot of progressives, think that the Democratic Party is a progressive party with a centrist wing, when what Alberta frames is, is that the Democratic Party is actually a centrist party with a progressive wing, and the progressives haven't learned—and and I'm coming to groups with myself, the idea that like it doesn't matter how right on the issues you are and how— Um, how much you're going to be on the right side of history. It matters whether you can convince masses to vote for you and that progressives and people who share my worldview haven't been effective at doing that enough at the national level. All right. Yeah. In this moment of George Floyd protests and Breonna Taylor protests and Black Lives Matter protests and – like the Portland Police Bureau acting a fool and the Seattle Police Department acting a fool. Uh, you all did some really great curated lists of anti racist books. Uh, any recommendations in the anti racist category?
1: Yeah, so one that's particularly good on audio is called Stamped. And Stamped is Jason Reynolds' remix of Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi. Um, and we, on the site, we have some recommendations from our booksellers. That's one of the things that makes Libre FM unique is we have, as I mentioned, actual humans behind the whole algorithm. And so, or sorry, I shouldn't say algorithm even. We don't even have that. Uh, we have actual humans behind the, the website and behind the recommendations that we give. And so one of our booksellers was saying that she found herself grieving as well as having hope when she listened to this book, which Mm. is, I think both of those things are really important when we talk about anti-racism or really any social change. It's so easy to look at the world and think, what can I do? I'm just one person. This is so huge. But to have a book like Stamped, which explains the issues and gives us hope without sugarcoating all the horrible stuff that came that has to come before the hope um or alongside the hope even so yeah so that's a great one that's particularly good on audio um and actually anything by Ibrahim X. Kendi is is great because he often reads it himself and has a lot of passion and again hearing arguments from somebody in their own voice can have a lot of um a lot of power to it in all the best possible ways and so yeah I really recommend anything by Ibrahim X. Kendi.
0: Yeah, Jason Reynolds is having a moment and him and Ibrahim X. Kennedy doing a collaboration like it's a mixtape I really enjoy. Like they call it a remix. Uh, Stamp from the Beginning is a really tough read. Like I read about three quarters of it and it's one of those books where it's like that and The Color of Law I've had to put down because they're a little bit too real and too much and I don't need trauma like inserted into my veins directly. But yeah. the remix—the remix is a four-hour listen, and it's fun, and and I think it benefits from we're we're living in a golden age right now of young adult uh, young adult writers and young adult books, and essentially it's a book that is written for a young adult crowd that is completely approachable for adults without being condescending, and it's a great listen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You said exactly what I wanted to say too about about <laughs> the young adult side of
0: it. Perfect. So we'll take a break here, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some novels. I'm going to confess that I cannot get through Left Hand of Darkness, and uh, we'll also talk about some, uh, some other recommendations. We'll
2: be back. Hi, I'm Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, We Art Tacoma, and I've been a member of TAPCO Credit Union since I was a kid, really. My parents set up a savings account for me, and I've had that account with them ever since. In fact, my first credit card wasn't from a big bank, it was from TAPCO, and I still have that, too. What I appreciate about TAPCO is they are intensely local. Just like Channel 253, TAPCO keeps its focus on Tacoma and Pierce County. They have easy-to-reach branches and ATMs in the Tacoma area, and when I don't want to drive, I just use their online or mobile banking. To this day, TAPCO helps parents teach kids good savings habits. The Moolah Kids Club teaches kids about savings, not only through interest on their money, but with special prizes and discounts at local attractions. So if you want to help your kids start a savings account the same way my parents did, check out our local credit union at tapcocu.org. My thanks to TAPCO for their support of this podcast and Channel 253.
0: And we are back. I want to thank you for downloading the show and giving us a listen today. Uh, this show is a labor of love between Doug and I, and I appreciate that you sit down every other week and give us a chance and listen to our conversations. I also want to recommend some other shows on the Channel 253 Network. The Interchangeable White Ladies uh, have a series of episodes going to back to school. Uh, they've actually done an interchange where Megan Holyoke uh, and I'm going to just give Megan some props here. Uh, Megan is the new AP government politics teacher at Lincoln High School and my former student teacher and a dear friend of mine. Uh, she's now occupying the IWL throne uh, while Annie has vacated temporarily and has moved and is doing the Citizen Tacoma. Uh, in addition, uh, Crossing Division Tacoma's talk show uh, is banger after banger after banger episode. Like, I don't know how Auntie Ev does it. Like She just comes with good guests, and good conversations week after week. And uh, the last recommendation I'm going to make is, is what say you, the Cunningham Sisters continue to have relevant conversations. I think there's no more podcast that's more essential in this moment of Black Lives Matter in this moment of protest and their conversations. So that's all across the channel253 network. If you're listening to multiple shows and enjoying them and enjoying them, I'm going to encourage you to go to channel253.com/membership and sign up for a membership. They are $4 a month or $40 a year, and your support makes this thing happen. All right, Claire, let's get back to the books. Uh, I said it before the break, and I'm just going to own it for the audience. I have been trying to get into sci-fi. Like, I love sci-fi shows. Like, I binge-watched Battlestar Star Galactica like a freaking nerd. Uh, I've tried Left Hand of Darkness, about four different times. And the last time I tried it was an audiobook form. And I just struggle, 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 struggle. So I'm desperately in the market for a novel, a sci-fi novel as well, if you have one to offer. But like, what's the last novel that grabbed you that you love listening to or reading?
1: Well, I'm not a specialist on sci-fi. Um, if you want to dabble in the world of magical realism, which is sort of on the spectrum, if sci-fi is on one side of the spectrum... It's adjacent. Yeah. fiction yeah. Yeah. Um, one to pick up is The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. I don't know if you've heard of that book. Um, it's about two kids in a circus. It's historical fiction as well as being magical realism. And they basically... Um, they basically have a competition with each other, but there's a lot of magical stuff and people love, love, love that book. It's the kind of book that people, when they finished it, want to read something like it, but there really isn't anything else like it. So as a bookseller, you're like, well, uh, she has a new book called The Starless Sea, which is that one is further along the spectrum. That one is more fantasy than than magical realism. Um, but again, not exactly the same. So yeah, The Night Circus, you will love it. if you If you want to dip your toes into that less uh, less like our actual world kind of books sure. um but I yeah I struggle with science fiction as well and I tend to read semi-realistic stuff although this next book I'm talking about I suppose you could stretch it that it's science fiction because it's called Rodham um and it's by Curtis Sittenfeld and it's about what would have happened if Hillary Clinton hadn't married Bill so in a way it's a parallel universe kind of situation. So, you know, um it is fascinating and uh slightly mortifying cuz there are some sex scenes I don't really want in my head. Um, <laughs> but um but yeah, so it's it's really interesting, incredibly well researched. Um it sort of starts with Bill and Hillary meeting at college and or at law school rather and a lot of the milestones of their lives are kind of recognizable in the first part and then it completely diverges when she says no to marrying him and kind of looking at his career and her career and her life what her life might have been without being married to him Um, and it's just a really interesting thought exercise and it's given me so much to think about and talk about. And I'm a little bit frustrated it came out during this COVID time where doing book clubs is, is harder because I would love to really sit down and pick apart this book with some other people. Pick apart sounds negative. I don't mean it that way. There's just a lot to talk about and it's fascinating. So I really recommend it. Rodden by Curtis Sittenfeld.
0: I'm sorry. Stop the presses. You have my full undivided attention. <laughs> tell me a little bit more about this story without spoiling it. Like, like what does, what does a, a non-Bill Hillary Clinton life look like? I'm, I'm fascinated by this.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is fascinating. So, um, I don't think it's a big spoiler to say this cause we all know Bill Clinton's history, uh, in the, in the book, it sort of, basically she can't put up with his dalliances with other women. And so instead of standing by him, she, refuses to marry him um which then mean that certain other things that he does that he got away with maybe because she was by his side he doesn't have cover for that and so he ends up going into a different field than politics i won't say too much more than that because i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much Um, but we mostly follow hillary's story and she is always wanting to make a difference and always she goes into politics, but she starts off from a position of really wanting to make a difference. And so we see the friendships in her life that influence her and that help guide her. Um, And the decisions that she makes about politics and about running for different offices and also what happens with her love life. And also the kind of the book's central premise is that they sort of are... He is the one that gets away for her. She, he is the love of her life. And he's kind of always there in the background of her mind, even though she's not with him.
0: So, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to say as much as I can without spoiling the story. <laughs> I'm sitting here mad at myself because, like, I'm not even a fan of the Clintons. Like, I, I didn't like the Clintons in the 90s. But for some reason, like, <laughs> Bill Clinton dysfunction, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, um,
1: you definitely don't need to be a fan of theirs to, to, to read it. I think there's something in it for the fan and there's something in it for the not fan and there's something in it for
0: the people that fall somewhere in between as well. Yeah. Um, I have found that over the last year, every woman that I know who works in education is reading a Brene Brown, Brown book <laughs> and I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Like I just, it's just not, it's not for me and, it, it's, not for me and it's not for me in both ways. And so I'm wondering, uh, do you have any recommendations for the educator or the activist out there?
1: Um, Yeah. So the book I want to mention isn't directly about schools, but it is something we can all learn about. It's called Just Mercy by Bryan Stevenson. Do you know that book? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, So it's written by a brilliant lawyer who argues that we need to fix our broken justice system with more compassion basically it's it's his memoir um he starts out as a young and idealistic lawyer and he tells us about his fight on behalf of people that have been for- forgotten by society and basically written off um and it's an incredible book so that is that's really great um and it's and it's uh, an activist it's a call to action as well so for activists it's it's great
0: from that point of view too when I read The New Jim Crow, I was it, – it's one of those books that like remove the scales from my eyes like like Saul in the New Testament or whoever it was in the Bible had scales in their eyes. Um, and I was talking about that book and somebody basically sent me Just Mercy back. And like those two books in concert are are fascinating. The New Jim Crow is like the – doctoral thesis turned novel, or actually long form article turned, turned, turned nonfiction text that's very like deep and research based. And then Just Mercy is the more um you you nailed it as a tenderhearted like memoir that tells the same story. Like those two books together I Mm -hmm. I think are more complimentary than like any other books that I can think of uh, about matters of justice right now. Yeah. Help me understand Brene Brown really fast. So you're a bookseller. Do you sell here, listen, if if it's shady, nobody's listening. I assume you sell a ton of Brene Brown books, yes?
1: You know we have them on our shelves. Um, I don't know if we sell a ton. We definitely sell some, though.
0: What's the appeal? I don't. I, I don't get it. What's the appeal?
1: Oof, that's a good question. Um, <sighs> Okay, I'm going to confess I haven't actually read any of her books, so ah! I can't answer. I can't answer this question without totally bluffing my way through it. Um, I love it. But I think, from what I can tell from other people's Instagrams and things like that, um, she seems to be pretty wise and pretty positive. Mm. And maybe the reason some people don't like her is that maybe it seems too, for one of a better word, fluffy. Um, but yeah, she's not for everyone. I mean, she's a white woman, right? I'm not making that up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, she's, yeah, she's a certain kind of white woman. And so um, it's not for everyone, but I, I have a lot of friends, especially in the Christian world who do find her useful and who do find her sort of pep talks uh, and ways of looking at the world to be useful and uplifting and maybe in these days of um well I don't know what would you call these days um, <laughs> these days
0: the, the of, end times, yes, the the end end times. Time. Um,
1: <laughs> yes exactly maybe in these days of the end times somebody like that is helpful I think as well uh she writes about topics that maybe aren't as common to write about like how to, how to get up after failure, which a lot of particularly American self-help is very much into success, success, success. And failure is not something that's talked about and yet it happens to all of us. So she talks about that kind of stuff, honestly, I think, and wisely. And I think that definitely has an appeal when especially when you find yourselves in those times in life where life isn't going so smoothly and maybe it's hard to read about or hear about success and putting yourself up by your bootstraps and all that kind yeah. of thing.
0: You mentioned at the top of the show that you're a bookseller and you're in D.C., correct? Yes. So the show is based in Seattle, but or actually the show is based in Tacoma, um, but has... <laughs> Doug. <laughs> the show's based in Tacoma. I'm in Abu Dhabi. We have listeners all over the place. Uh, what's the name of your bookstore in DC? It's East City Bookshop on Capitol Hill. Um, we've been open for about
1: four years and we're women owned and it's a wonderful place to work. And we just reopened to customers um, a couple of weeks ago. And it's been so great to have customers back in the store and you know, enjoying our books and pressing books into their hands in a socially distanced and responsible way, of course. Um, So, yeah, it's a wonderful place to work and wonderful place to uh, browse books as well. We have book clubs, which a lot of them have been meeting online still during this time. Uh, We also have some new anti-racist kits and various anti-racist classes that we're running. So those are great. And you can find out about all of those at
0: eastcitybookshop.com. Okay. So, you came on and talked about memoirs, national politics, anti racist books, novels, and the book for the activist. Is there anything else you want to throw out there? Like, what's on your shelf right now? Uh, what do you listen to right now? Any other recommendations you want to make?
1: Wow. Um, I mean, I could talk about books for the next 10 hours if you, <laughs> if you wanted me to. Um, I'm currently reading a romance novel called You Had Me at Hola, or at hola, I should say, because I can't actually speak Spanish, so I don't know why I said it with that accent. <laughs> you Had Me at Hola uh, by Alex Dalla, and it's um, it's really fun. It's about uh, two actors, basically, who are cast in a telenovela-type show, like a Jane the Virgin type show uh, together. And yeah, I've just started it. don't know what's going to happen, although it's a romance novel, so I can take a wild stab. Um Yeah. And I'm finding that during this time, I'm not very good at reading literary fiction at the moment. I need young mm. adult fiction or romance novels, just well-written, but easy to read books. And easy to read is not at all an insult. It's it's hard to write easy to read books. Um, but my brain just can't cope with any flowery, even beautiful language that I would normally love. I just, I can't cope with it right now. So I'm finding myself reading and listening to a lot of romance and young adult novels. And yeah, another young adult novel that I recently read and that I really recommend is called The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert. I think that's how you say her name. That's how you say the Colbert report i'm gonna i'm gonna guess she she says it like him but who knows um but yeah it's about two kids trying to vote on election day basically and they keep getting refused and they're determined to vote um and they also lose a cat when they're looking for the cat and then of course they also fall in love because it's a way novel um but i really recommend it not just for not just for kids i i really do think that young adult novels the best ones at least can be read by all ages um that's maybe because I'm a bit of a romantic, and I'm quite emotional, and often the young adult novels tap into that that side of me. Um, but this particular one is is really interesting, um, and it's a also a great look into uh, for my fellow white people into some of the struggles of black teenagers that you know white teenagers don't have to worry about what you do when you're arrested or when you're not even arrested, but when you're stopped you know because supposedly your brake light isn't working um or whatever and it's just a really eye-opening read but not in a preachy way it's 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 in the context of a much bigger story and a fun story and like i said there's cats and there's social media and there's instagram and there's all kinds of interesting things and it's she's written a few books and all of her books have been really well received by both middle graders and teenagers so yeah but this one's for for teenagers and the characters are 18 so it's you know, it's totally fine to read for adults.
0: In that same vein, you reminded me of a book I read recently called The Patron State of Nothing, uh, and it is by a Filipino writer. And the thing is, like, in American culture, like, the struggles of black folks are at the forefront right now, but, like, the Filipino community and the Cambodian community are the people who are positioned, like, in most proximity to us and deal with the same struggles and, like, their voices just aren't present in media. And so I'm going to add that to our list, To The Patron State of Nothing. All right. Uh, I just, I hope that people, because podcasting is a, a medium that I love, but people just can't see how much your face glows when you talk about books. And I hope that the positivity like, comes across and like the love for literature you have, because it's, it's phenomenal. Um, we end the show with a segment called, Here, Hold This L. 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 And us- this is grounded in the idea that cancel culture is not real. But if cancel culture was real, who should get handed an L? Claire? So I'm not going to name any names,
1: um, but I am going to say that I think that nameless, faceless bookstores that actually use books as lost leaders and don't care about books that much should probably be cancelled.
0: Is that general yet specific enough for you? That is, I think that is general <laughs> and specific enough to name a website that... I won't say because I don't want to get you in trouble with with your employer, but like, I think that we both know who you mean. So perfect, (laughs) perfect, perfect. Um, Claire, if people want to follow you and your bookstore on the socials, where should they look? Um,
1: So on Twitter, East City Books is um, the Twitter handle for East City Bookshop. Um, Libro FM is Libro FM on Twitter. Uh, I am Bookish Claire. That's C-L-A-I-R-E. Yeah, and basically some version of Libre FM, Bookish Claire, City Books are sort of on every social media you could probably name. So yeah, we're everywhere.
0: (laughs) All right. I want to thank you for coming on the show today and talking about books, which is a passion of mine. Uh, I appreciate you. And uh, I hope to get more recommendations from you in the future.
1: That's great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Wakanda, of ever, y'all. Wash your damn hands. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com.
1: How to pronounce Brandy Col- Colbert? Colbert? Uh, I have a British accent, though, right? So I can get away with. I was going to say, just
0: blame that for sure.
1: Yeah, I'll blame that. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Nerd Farmer is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows, Interchangeable White Ladies, Give Me the Mic, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B Team, Crossing Division, Citizen Tacoma, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.